Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Time at the Water's Edge. I'm Rodney, and we have with us Dr. Stephen Roby and Pastor Adam Rastetter. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, everybody. <laughs> what up, what up? So today we are going to be talking about music for the worship service. The musica. Yes. We had a question from a member of the congregation, and it came up in a conversation through a community group mm -hmm. and even came to our us as elders in the church to discuss uh, which I think was a great discussion, but we're going to continue on with that here in this episode. And before we get into that, what coffee are we drinking, Steve? The good doctor himself, Martin Luther, Reformation <laughs> Coffee Company. All right. Uh, this is a coffee from Guatemala. It is an mm -hmm. organic Guatemalan coffee from the local region of Huehuetenango. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's way off. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have somebody go to H-U-E. Tanango, and I can read Spanish, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, it's a medium roast with flavors of maple, milk, chocolate, fruit. It has a juicy acidity and is sweet and complex. Great for espressos and pour overs. Wow, pretty stoked! That, yeah, yeah Simper really Reformanda. Mm -hmm. Yes, always reforming. Here I stand. <laughs> I cannot recant. <laughs> Cheers, mates! Cheers. Cheers. I like it. I like it. I dig mm -hmm. it. It is good. I Which mean, is, I like the acidity. Yeah. Because it's not overbearing. Yeah, I mean. And it's Guatemalan too. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm actually pretty happy with that. I mean, normally, it's interesting because normally I've usually tasted the coffees before we even come bring them on. Real reaction right there. So this, you go, you're getting a unique, oh, okay. in, you know, reaction. First out time of reaction. First time reaction. Mm -hmm. I, I really like it. So... Uh, thank you guys from uh, Reformation Coffee Company for making good coffee, for, for roasting good coffee. Yes, coffee mm -hmm. cup. <laughs> What's up? Very nice. Should have brought the Luther bobblehead out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You do have one. Yeah, a quick disclaimer. I've, I've been sick, so I have my voice. And just in case I start coughing, sneezing, I think I'm good, but... Okay. I'll make sure I, I don't know why up. I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> back up. I don't sound, I feel funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely on the mend. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. So today we are talking about music. And as this came up, this was a, the, the question came up because mm -hmm. of a song that we did in a worship mm -hmm. service that came from Hillsong. Hillsong. And the question, if you remember what the, the actual topic was, it had to do with a, a verse in this or a verse in the song, correct? Or yeah, there, well, I, I think the broader discussion was just these, these groups, Hillsong, Elevation Worship, Bethel Music, those groups, um, how, how do we feel about singing songs from those particular movements? Right. Um, and I know that came up in a community group and the, the song that was um, brought up was what a beautiful name. And so, and, and there, there was a, a particular lyric in the song, you didn't want heaven without us. 
so you sent Jesus down, you sent heaven down, I think is the, the lyric. Um, and so it, with that lyric, there, there truly is a sense in which, of course, God desired us to be with him. He, he desires all to repent and come to the knowledge of the truth to be in heaven. Um, but it, there, there could be a way of thinking about that lyric to where it's more man-centered and um, a, a needy God. It doesn't say that, but if you if you change it that way, I think you can could think of it that way. Okay. Yeah, I think the the bigger discussion is, you know, what what are the criteria for selecting songs in a church, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> should a church sing songs when the songs um, directly benefit? groups or other churches or movements that the church would not endorse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's part of the larger conversation. And yeah. there's a lot of yeah. channels that have had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this, I, I think this is kind of cool because one, I wasn't there for the elders conversation. So I'm kind of <laughs> getting looped back in. I just came back from some travel with the military, but two, I think that, um, you know, this, this podcast, one of the things that we've, you know, tried to do is give an open door, open window, if you will, into our ministry and us three, particularly being elders at the church, how we process things, how decisions are made, kind of a back sort of behind the curtain look at, you know, things that are going on within the church, practical ministry issues. And so this is, this is one of those things where you know, a question arose mm-hmm. and what what informs our thinking about, you know, constructing a worship gathering and how would we, you know, respond to a question like that. Right. So speaking into that, exactly what do we do to figure out whether we should use a song or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that one thing when I first heard the question that the the new member brought up in the community group i think it was i i love that there's discernment there that people are are looking at lyrics they're thinking about those things and wanting to make sure that we are singing theologically true songs that are glorifying to god worshipful that that everything that we sing is accurate um and as far as when so we, we try not to bring in too many new songs um, quickly, first of all. You know, we, we want to introduce a song every so often. Um, we, don't, we, we want our songs to, to generally be, most people know the songs, we're going to be able to sing, um, the congregation is going to sound, know the songs and for the majority. So we do put out a song ahead of time and say, okay, here's a, here's a new song. And if people are able to listen to it, they'll, they'll get to know it and we'll do it a couple of times in consecutive worship services so that people are familiar with the song and, and get to know it well. Um, songs are often suggested by different members of the worship team. Um, sometimes, um, people within the congregation as well. Um, and when songs are suggested they are looked at closely with the lyrics are are looked at under the microscope to make sure that this is a song that that would be edifying to the church it's god honoring and in all of his ways we we love when a song is 
um, elevates God's holiness, man's sinfulness, man's need for for Christ, that we love when the gospel's present in the songs, Christ's death, resurrection being essential for our salvation. We love those things to be present in songs. We like our songs to be um, gospel-centered, um, robust in, in their theology. Um, so we're, we're examining a song to make sure that it, that it is, um, there's not going to, it's not going to, um, mislead people. Um, so it's, it's, that's, that's really our, our process. Okay. Okay. I I think criteria though, you're, you're looking at lyrics first, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is this doctrinally sound? Yeah. Second, you're looking at what are we preaching on? That week, mm-hmm. oh yeah, uh, is there a, is there a theme that we're preaching on and mm-hmm. a song that you know, yeah. brings that out, or mm-hmm. scripture that we're going to read, or you know, exposit, mm-hmm. or there songs that are tied to those scriptures? Those are two of the criteria, and I think the third is just overall singability, right? Is this a song that lends itself well to congregational singing, right? Versus you know, performance of of an artist because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff like you hear on the Christian radio. People are like, oh, let's yeah. sing that. I'm like, that doesn't really work mm-hmm. well in a congregational setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's those probably are the three criteria. And I guess the question that we're kicking around now is: Should we add more criteria? Should we look at the artists themselves and who you know what does this speak? If we're singing songs by a particular group or a particular person. Then you get into, you know, what are the second and third order issues of the song choices we make? Mm-hmm. Speaking military, we in the, I've been with military travel. We often talk about when when leaders make decisions, you have to consider the second and third order effects of those decisions. And so, I think that this question begs, you know, answers to that. What is the second order effect of singing a song in which a name flashes? Oh, this song was by. Hillsong or by Elevation, mm-hmm. and those are the three that tend to come up a lot of Bethel music, you know, is the second order effect that someone in the congregation is going to see that and, and think, oh my, you know, go home and Google that. I liked that song. Yeah. Let me go look them up <clears throat> and then start following their ministry and be drawn into, you know, a ministry or particular teachings that we would not endorse as a church. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the second, third order, you know, as you think about what are the implications of this and I'm not so sure that happens, I think, but it can, it's certainly possible that it could. And I think that's why this is a, a topic that a lot of churches are wrestling with. I know mm-hmm. people have been writing about this, um, having discussions about this. This is not something that we've, you know, thoroughly discussed among our board. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of cool for me, like not being at the discussion to kind of hear where, what the elders were you thinking know, about this stuff. It's interesting that you, you bring that up about people listening to a song and seeing the name Flash. Uh, because not here at Water's Edge Church, but at a previous church, I was guilty of doing that. Mm. Seeing a song, seeing the seeing who was who it was by, or looking up who it was by, and going straight to you know Apple Music or to iTunes and downloading everything from that from that band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because you think you think if this church is promoting that, then it must be sound. Yeah. So that would be second order. Mm-hmm. Third order would then be, oh, do I does that does that mean they endorse the ministries of those churches? Yeah. Let right. me look up who the preacher is there. You know, like Stephen mm-hmm. Furtick or mm-hmm. Bill Johnson or what is it, Brian Houston and Hillsong. Right. And so that's like third order then. So it goes from music to the ministry and the teaching of the church. Yeah. 
and that's that's where it becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. I think why churches wrestle with this and, and are really having some honest conversations about do we want to actively sing songs that benefit these movements, and and really, really the issue or problem with this is that um, sorry, it's vibrating. <laughs> my phone is on silent, but it is vibrating, and my Apple Watch is telling me, "Sorry, honey, that's my wife." Um. The, the issue is that these churches are being built off of music, that yeah. this is like an evangelistic tool that a lot of people support these ministries and they, they grow to a certain level of influence through their music. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that this is a worthy discussion for those, for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's in people's minds. I mean, how, how much is there the interconnectedness of the worship song to that ministry? Um, I'm not sure. In, in in my mind, it has not been very prominent. I, you know, you said you go look up different songs, and I think that is because there are songs. You know, okay, we're we're picking and choosing. So, you know, on, on in a in a whole album, there may be only one or two that we would want to actually use others, right. you know, I think, I think you are in the past and said, like, if you were asked how many songs are truly gospel centered and correct theology out of you name it band out mm-hmm. there. And I think you, you gave a number like one out of five or like one out of six, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on the, the group. I mean, right. there's with, a group like Bethel, there's very few probably that we would we would use, but I, I think it does vary as far as that goes. But um, if if I felt as though there were a lot of people who are who are seeing a, a band like so, say it's say it's Bethel, okay, and the name comes up, and we we do the songwriter whoever wrote, so it's not. We don't show Bethel music right. or Elevation or Hillsong. It's, um, you know, this was the writer. And and it's leading people to go and listen to the preaching. That would be concerning, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that there's, that there is there is something, I think, that we should be, be careful. There. Yeah. I think it's important to note that the, these three churches are m- movements built off of music, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, are not equal. Like they're they're very different even among mm-hmm. themselves. There's some right. similarities, but like like if you were to ask me personally, I feel different about Hillsong than I do Bethel, right. and I feel different about Elevation than I do both of those churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would I endorse the teaching of any of those preachers? No. Yeah. Yeah. But I, if you look at their statements of faith, mm-hmm. there there's elements of their well they really have orthodox statements of faith. It's, right. it's the philosophy of ministry that we disagree with. Yeah. And, but in one of those cases, particularly Bethel, that's the one I feel probably the worst about yeah. to be honest, yeah. is the practices associated with their ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a school of supernatural ministry there. Yeah. Um, and they've been tied to all kinds of things and, and people can do their own research on this, but mm-hmm. like the grave soaking thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. the the glory cloud, the gold dust, and they've had former members and staff members speak out against some of the practices and things yeah. there. So there's some really bizarre practices that have been associated with that church mm-hmm. that I think would, I, I don't, I don't want to lump these together and everybody to think that sure. all 
all these things are created equal. Good like point. I would, I do feel differently about even these three churches, but mm-hmm. they tend to get lumped together because their music's so prominent. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and all of them are generally, I think, reformed Christians or um, generally conservative Christians would kind of disagree with their ministry philosophies. Yeah. And so based on that, you get a lot of these questions, should we sing their songs? Mm-hmm. If if by virtue of using that, we're paying royalties to the, the ministry. Well, yeah. I mean, what's the, the it's uh, CC, CCLI. CCLI. So when you use their music, they're getting royalties off that use. And that is something for churches to consider too, is are you supporting that ministry by using their music um, just by using it and then getting yep. royalties? So that's, that's, a, that's another thing to consider in that. <clears throat> I mean, somebody like me could say something like, <laughs> he's prepping himself. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think this is, this is why this is a good conversation. Cause mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, you know, financially support those ministries, yeah. but where do you draw these lines? And that's, I think that's the, the larger conversation. So if yeah. we say we're going to restrict, you know, any association of support here, where do we draw that line in the church? Is it right. only at worship music? Or do we apply that across the board when we're when we're doing special events? Should we buy anything at Target because of their right. LBGTQ views and you know the way they promote things that Christians yeah. historically have you know now, been against? But the other side of that is though is that they're not necessarily claiming to be Christian either, right? Target's no, but, I, not. but I'm just and, saying the money's going there, right? Mm-hmm. And so like where where do those lines get drawn? And that's part of the you know that's why I think when you really start to peel back the layers, it's not as easy and clear cut as a conversation as some people make it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say we we could all become like the Mennonites and like, <laughs> yeah, get in the bubble. Yeah, we no, just no, we I'm just, just live in a day where you yeah. can't you it, you would never be able to buy anything from anywhere if right. if you vetted every single organization right. and their beliefs mm-hmm. and their practices and said I I wouldn't support that because this stands against my Christian values. That would be a very difficult thing to do. Now I understand if you want to argue that clearly worship music may be in a different category. And if you want to argue that these are ministries that are, you know, falsely, you know, proclaiming the name of Christ or there's whatever right. you want to attach to that as being wrong or false, then I think that that's a that's a part of the conversation as well. But right. I'm saying you can't just simply draw the line at the financial support because why would you do it here and not over here? Mm-hmm. Right. Related to that, I think also is just what is the line when we are evaluating um, where the music comes from. So the songwriter, um, you know, we've, we've identified some, but there are many others and even hymn writers, you know, back in the day, how good was all of their theology and how, how... and that's the thing about the hymnals, even the hymnals, you're going to find some songs sometimes that aren't even theologically correct. Right. (laughs) I'm laughing because I heard John MacArthur say one time, he was like, he was like, if it's true, it's true. So on one hand, he was saying you evaluate things by the truthfulness of the message mm-hmm. and its adherence to the scriptures. And he said there have been real Christians who have written bad theological songs. Yeah. And there have been non-Christians who have written good theological songs. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you, it's true. I mean, the, the clock's a dead, what do they say about a, a broken clock is right twice, twice a day. A, twice yeah. a day. And so even, you know, there's you may find elements of truth, but that's, that's man, so... It's so it can be so deceptive though because that's how the enemy works, right? He mm-hmm. puts a little truth in there, and mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden you're listening to this more, and you're. Be- mm-hmm. It can be a kind of subtle entrance into, and I think that's the fear. And if our role as elders is to really protect our flock, 
we need to be, and, and I, we do this, we really have raised the level of discernment. This wouldn't yeah. even be a discussion, like in some churches, I, I don't right. think. Mm-hmm. But the level of discernment has been raised, you know, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Part of our protection of our flock is training them to think biblically about every, every aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we could always sing the Psalms. <laughs> yeah. Sing yeah. the Psalms. Like. Yeah. So the Psalms were written by a murderous adulterer, right? Who's right. <laughs> forgiven. Amen. 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 That's, that's a joke, by the way. That's a joke. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I know I said it you know, before, but any, any time you, any time a church thinks about even making changes like this or changes that could happen, they have to happen slowly. You know, you, you can't make any changes drastically right away. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, we know that from, from going through the, the, uh, membership process mm-hmm. in our church, um, that taking time to do that correctly m- meant a lot to the congregation mm-hmm. for us to be considerate of that. Um, I've also seen churches that have made immediate changes and to drop a, drop an immediate bomb on the whole church like that can be very destructive to the congregation. I've seen it firsthand where a, a church leader changed the name of the church overnight with nobody knowing. Yeah. Yeah. We're not whimsical about anything yeah. and no. for that reason. Yeah. Right. And the, the, I'm telling you, they lost three quarters of their congregation that day. Yeah. When everybody came in and a lot of people drove past it because they didn't see the sign. Yeah. Cause the sign was literally changed from one Sunday to the next. So that's yeah, wild. To yeah. Me. So I think anytime you make changes, even if it's, if you're going to change your music and really get in depth with making changes, it can't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there has to be an allowance for growth into something new. I think. Yeah. If, if you were to look at, um, our, our song list from years ago to now, you, you would find, um, that we have, done probably less songs you know that that are more vague in the way that they describe things we're trying to find songs that are specific we're bringing in a lot a lot of sovereign grace music is very good in the way that it's it's um theologically rich yes yeah all all of that so we have more songs like that and that so we've we've moved in that direction um and I think that it does need to be somewhat gradual. I think, you know, as, yeah. as we, well, I've heard, or <laughs> learned, you know, heard earlier what it was like before Steve, before you came here. <laughs> oh, I was just, I was more talking about like how, um, the church lacked a sense of identity in some ways. Like right. the worship was one thing and the preaching was another thing and it didn't seem to fit together mm-hmm. very yeah. well, you know, based on what I'd gathered stylistically. Right. Yeah. Right. You have like a young band trying to rock out like <laughs> Chris <laughs> and the punk rock. <laughs> yeah. And it just was a different vibe. Like yeah. from, and it was a complete contrast. <clears throat> and, but uh, mm-hmm. the song choice wasn't, you know, yeah. they, they weren't thinking about the, theology. Yeah. They, yeah. they were thinking well, about. I think, I think things like that are. though, I think things like that though happen through a, an attempt at contextualization mm-hmm. and trying to fit to a community. And I always think about the video where I see the, the, the elderly gentleman in a suit and tie with the people behind him in their suits and ties trying to sing heavy metal yeah. you know, say, <laughs> at a church. And you're just like, no, just, just stop. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a, there's a certain amount of, I think, um, I think a lot of that came from, you know, like we said, contextualization, 
or inappropriate contextualization. And then also at the same time, <clears throat> you get this, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it, it's just, it's, oh, well, I mean, it's, it's part of the church growth movement thing too, where a lot of that stuff comes from. And that's where we see, you know, Vineyard, Bethel, you know, all these, these, these large churches like that, that came from out in West, the West coast, you know, when you see that a lot of it came from that, you know? Um, so I, th I think that's, that's part of it. Just... I think overall church growth like happens together, right? It's so this one of the reasons I think this is such a cool format that we have with this podcast is to, you know, allow our church members to know like our hearts, things that we're thinking as, as leaders in the church. And it allows them to, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. Like the vast majority of people probably aren't thinking about this no. stuff. And so by virtue of just having these conversations and putting them in out there and allowing our church to to understand, like we're, we're pretty serious, we're very serious, right, about how we honor God as a church family. And so let us continually be refined by him and seek his guidance. Let's Let's continue to be reformed by the word. And, yeah. you know, we started with Luther and Semper Reformanda. It means mm -hmm. always reforming, right? So the church is always going to be reforming if it's trying to be faithful to the scriptures by going back to the scriptures. What what guides our decision making in this? You know, right. what, what guides, you know, the sort of foundation of our ministry as a whole. Mm -hmm. And if it's the word of God, then we're gonna, always going to be looking back to that, seeking to honor him, sing songs that highlight his character, his nature, his activity the good things about him that are going to point us to Christ and, and truly please him. And I think that's the, the, the process of having these kind of conversations. It, it gives people a window into that. And I just, I just think it's really helpful you it know, is. instead yeah. of just saying, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to do this anymore. Um, unless it's just a clear, but I, but I think, I hope that we've been able to demonstrate in this conversation. That it's not as simple as some people want to make it, right? you know, because where do you draw these lines, you know, in, and that's that's a challenging conversation to have. I feel like this matter is somewhat a matter of conscience too, which is really <clears throat> probably the thing that gives me the most pause. There, I, there's a lot of arguments out there, you know, about those ministries and supporting them, and you know, there's things I, I think that are somewhat minor. Maybe you know, there's certain things that we can look at. It might be a little bit nitpicky and different things like that. But I think that if, if there are Christians in our congregation whose conscience is, is bothered by singing those songs, then I think it's that that's what would bother me the most. Like if, if they're like, is, is this, is it wrong to sing this song? And you know, or is it, if, if their conscience is, is bothered by it, then I think it's, it's important for us to to take it seriously, yeah, you know, to have mm -hmm. the conversations for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you yeah. get everything out you wanted to say. Oh, there? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, just, I think you know we don't want people to be uncomfortable. I, 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 I have other notes and things like that that I was just trying to think through. Um, you know, I, in the one thing I think that these ministries, you know, we can look at them and say, well, you know, they don't have this right or that right. But I, I think that 
good can even come from those elevation. And, you know, I, I think the people were saved in those ministries. And, you know, while they're there, they may not be um, initially as discerning as, as we would hope that God would grow them through the Holy Spirit. Um, but I think that those ministries have have done good in in ways and have have helped people and i think of philippians 1 when when paul said you know people are preaching christ for the wrong reasons and different things like that and and he says you know what but even though it might be out of selfish ambition christ is being proclaimed and um in that i rejoice and so i i think that with with this particular issue think thinking about those ministries um being careful about them but at the same time you know i, I don't i don't know that we want to say okay they're everything they do is terrible either yeah i was just I, when you so i read through each one of their statements of faith mm -hmm. and there's i mean there's things i would disagree with but they would kind of be more because of the charismatic leanings that some of those churches have. Um, but that's one of those second tier, third tier issues. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be cautious about, I, I would want to be cautious about in like bringing kind of cancel culture into the church on, on matters of disagreement that may are not as clear. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a, like I said, I feel different yeah. about each one of those ministries. Right, right. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. there is a there's a hesitancy to just make a blanket statement that would completely cancel out. Although I, the problem is, is in my heart, I know I wouldn't tell anybody. I wouldn't recommend those churches to anybody. Right. And that's I think that's why this is a hard issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really difficult when you look at those churches and they're like moving to one of those areas and you say, no, don't go there. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't recommend you go to that church. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I know I, I think about this from, from the, the place where I've come from and knowing the, <clears throat> the, the ministry that Nikki and I came from previous to here, which we didn't even know until we were asked to be on the board, which the board didn't even really matter because the pastor did whatever he wanted anyways. Um, but then I found out that they were essentially attached to a mega church mm -hmm. and that's where they were getting all their counsel from. And that's why when I realized some of the things that they were bringing into the church and I realized the music that they were using when you when I really started getting in depth and I think that's why I was so, so, um, concerned and made sure like Steve can tell you, I interviewed him before <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we met for coffee and I basically interviewed him before I brought my family and even into step foot in the church mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure that what was being preached was gospel was from yeah. the Bible was mm -hmm. biblical and the music matters just as much as what's being preached from the pulpit because a lot of times the songs that are being sung are what is leading the doors in their heads. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're humming those songs. They're singing those songs themselves in their cars on their way home from church. So it is important, just as important for it to be biblical. Mm -hmm. So for me, if the song itself is biblical, I'm, I'm satisfied. 
now when you come it's, to it's the second and third it's order the second and third yeah. order that's what I said that, yeah, that's that, where it that, comes that, down to. that bother me yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I know how I was or I, I really oh, that's a really cool song we you know look up on iTunes um, and if we have if there's a if like like one out of five songs is the only correct theology in that whole band and that person is sitting there slamming that stuff into their heads with their headphones on at their desk at work or, you know what I'm saying, or, or at home or whatever while they're washing dishes, what kind of theology are they pumping into themselves? And I think as shepherds of the flock, as people who are supposed to be protecting the flock, putting up those gates, those fences to protect the flock, I think that's where I have my issue with mm-hmm. songs from those ministries. So Yeah, because songs, songs are very impactful and, you know, they can really drive home good or bad things. So yeah, I think that that's important. And so you mentioned just the importance of, of guarding the flock. And I think, yeah, we, we need to guard the flock. So when you, when you think about a particular song, I think there's maybe two sides of the coin. It's like, okay, here's a really good song that could be edifying to people, encouraging and um, helpful in, in ways, God honoring. And, but it's from, a, a movement where we, we wouldn't want people probably to go listen to read the books. And right. So yeah, it's a bit of a dilemma, I think. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I would love to know what our listeners think. I, mm-hmm. This is a, this is a conversation that we're having. This is a, you know, something we'll continue to refine at, at our church and, and think about, but I think I'd like to know, you know, do people in our congregation? I don't think so. I mean, I, I know our members are, we're very active in shepherding our flock. Mm-hmm. And I generally have a good sense of, of where people are and, mm-hmm. um, you know, their level of discernment. And so I, I wonder, I mean, just yesterday I was engaged in conversation, like somebody was reading something like, hey, this seems off to me. What do you think about this? You know, yeah. I would hope that most people would do that if, if something seems off and, um, yeah, just again raising the discernment level mm-hmm. and being adamant and insistent on yeah. you know guarding that. Well, and I think we what we've already kind of discussed is as the congregation becomes more biblically attuned, they are becoming more discerning, mm-hmm. and you are going to get more questions about songs that are being sung, or maybe even something you say during a sermon. Yeah, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. No, I get questions and I love, I entertain that. I, yeah. Matter of fact, I wish we had more time. I, I know Tim Keller used to sit, hang out after church. And if people had questions about the sermon, they would just ask right then. And he'd kind of make it a little thing for like 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of cool. You know, I, I never want to, uh, I w- we never want to create an environment where people aren't free to ask like mm-hmm. real, real questions that they have. So I think it's really, it's, it's kind of cool and important. I mean, so yeah, so definitely leave questions down below. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if like, I don't know how many other pastors or I got a lot of pastor friends that tune in from time to time. I just, I wonder what other people have thought about this. So I'd love to see some things in the comments. Like, how do you think about this? What do you, right. you know, what is your stance on this? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It would be good to know. Absolutely. Let us know. <laughs> good conversation. <laughs> do we separate the art from the artist? Mm. Yeah. There yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. All right, gentlemen. Are all hearts clear? I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I plan on continuing to consider and seek the Lord's guidance in this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially for us three and the rest of the elders of Water's Edge Church to think about this one and really consider what, you know, which, how we should handle 
issues like this. Mm-hmm. So, all right, gentlemen, is that all you guys have? Yep. All right. Okay. Well, if you guys have not done so yet, make sure you like and subscribe and click that bell so you know when we release new material. Also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a review so we know how we're doing. We want to know. Leave us that review. And if that is it, gentlemen, we love you all and God bless. God bless. I mean. Thank you.